0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside another episode of Garage Door Sports. It's a little bit of a different episode. It's a uh, special episode, actually. With the World Cup being less than two weeks away, we decided that, well, we should probably do a preview show. I mean, why not? One of the biggest sports in the world. We figured we'd we'd get that done. So uh, we all know Justin's not a big soccer guy, and uh, Kyle has been a little busy getting back from Ireland. So instead, we brought in some reinforcements, we'll call them. Um, so joining me today are two of my good buddies, uh, both huge soccer fans in their own right. Um, first one is joining me all the way from, where is it now, Hamilton or Ancaster?
1: I'm in Brantford now, buddy.
0: Yeah, he's uh, joining us all the way f- uh, My good buddy, Kieran Doyle Davis. How you doing, bud?
1: Good, man, good.
0: Glad to have you on again. And uh, our, my other friend joining once again, Talk soccer with me before. Now he's doing it one more time. Irfan Manji, how you doing, Irfan?
2: I'm doing well, Nick. How you doing, buddy?
0: I'm good. I'm glad to have you on as well. I appreciate you guys joining me today. Um, Absolutely. So, World Cup, less than two weeks away. You guys ready? You guys stoked?
1: I'm so excited. I'm I'm pumped, man. That I'm I'm 19 days away until departure to St. Petersburg.
0: Yeah, I forgot you're going. Are you excited for that,
1: bud? It's gonna be good, man. I I've got two matches confirmed for tickets, and I'm hoping for a third, so
0: it'll be a good time. You've got to take lots of pictures, you know, enjoy it. For sure. Let's get right into it. For I mean, sure. This World Cup is going to be a very interesting one. It's, in my mind, it's almost a uh, transition World Cup. We're getting away from some of the big teams who, uh, some of them didn't even make the World Cup. And I was shocked at a couple of them. Obviously, Holland being the big one, ranked 19th in the world, they're, they're not going. It's it's kind of one of those World Cups where you look at it like, well, there's a couple teams who could realistically win this one, but I want to ask you guys right off the bat, and we'll start with you, Irfan. Who do you think is the biggest surprise of not going to the World Cup?
2: Uh, good question, Nick. Um, I think it's the Dutch. In my opinion, it's the Dutch. But uh, Italy is a close second. I mean, Buffon's not there for the first time, and God knows how long, so I think that is a loss for every soccer fan. But uh, the Dutch, um,
1: for sure.
0: Yeah. How about you, Kieran? Who, who do you think is a big surprise? I mean,
1: uh, like between the Dutch and Italy, which I think are the two easy choices, I'd probably say Italy. I think this is the first tournament that they've missed out on qualification since like 1958. Yeah, it's, um, it's been a long some, time. Something outrageous like that. But I'm gonna go kind of off the books and say the U.S. Um, they're coming from such a quote-unquote easy qualifying region in terms of the, the quality of opposition you're playing. And obviously we've seen, like with the last couple of World Cups, how big growth the growth of soccer in North America is when they kind of go on that run. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a shame that they're not there, and it is quite surprising.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the, the U.S. not being there is actually a shock to most North American fans because they're just... They've just always been the North American representative along with Mexico. It's just kind of been that obvious. Oh, they're going, sort of thing. Now they're not there. Mm -hmm. They're ranked in the top 25 in the world as well. Um, How about this one, though? What about Chile? Ranked ninth in the world based off the uh, FIFA Coca-Cola rankings. They're not going to be playing. Yeah,
1: Chile are, are one of those interesting teams where they were kind of coming to the end of what had been a golden eight years or so yeah. for that for that country, they had the like a Gary Medel. You had um, obviously Sanchez at his peak, um, Eduardo Vargas. But then you look and and you kind of go further back along the field, looking at their their defensive line and their goalkeeper. In it, it becomes significantly less impressive. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's I think them at nine is kind of one of those weird things where they play a lot of a lot of games which leads to them being higher up the FIFA rankings Um and they're probably not a top 10 team in the world
0: no I, I would agree they, to that but
1: yeah it's
0: just one of those ones where like you look at the rankings and you got them at nine who didn't make it you got uh Netherlands at 19 Italy at 20 US at 24 that's four top 25 teams not going to the World Cup. It's it's a tough bill to swallow for them. It's tough. What do you think? What's interesting is if Sorry, Kieran, I think I interrupted you there. You go ahead.
1: Sorry there. Well I what I was just gonna say what's interesting is if you look at um I know in other sports they do the Elo ratings, which tend to be a little bit more representative. Yeah. Um like Italy and Holland end up a lot further up, but Chile are a lot further down. Yeah. Um, coming in eleven and twelve for Holland and Italy and Chile at sixteen. It's just the FIFA rankings are super
0: weird. Yeah, I I don't always understand them, but either way, it's still where's the US? US is twenty sixth. So there's still four top twenty six teams not going. For sure. No, absolutely. And it's it's one of those things that you kinda just look at it like Is that good for the game, like, that it's growing and all these teams are now competing? Or is it more of a, uh, if the top teams aren't being competitive against each other and they're beating up on some of the weak teams in the World Cup, does that look good for the World Cup?
2: I'd say moving forward, it's good for football around the world. But again, you know, if you're looking at ratings and you're looking at what revenue you're going to bring in. You want the big teams there. You want to see the big players and big stars. And I guess, you know, for example, we're going to see Saudi Arabia this year or Morocco, and it's like, well, it's a good change of pace. Um, so I think it's good for soccer going forward, but at the same time, not seeing big
1: names, it's a bit of a change. Yeah.
0: What about you, Kieran?
1: Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. To me, the it, you end up in these these weird things sort of happen because of all the different confederations have such drastically different qualifying structures. Yeah. Um, I mean, from Oceania, you're you're guaranteed a playoff spot, and that's why Australia moved to Asia, was so they'd have more quali- competitive qualifying. But then out of Africa, you go through two different three-team group stages where you only play four matches.
3: Yeah. And it's
1: very reasonable that, let's say, for example, uh... Ghana are, are out this year. Let's say Ghana's best player hits a patch of injury, he misses two qualifying matches, they lose both, that's it. That's your World Cup done. Yeah. You're you're not going. Um and then likewise South America, it's, it's such a big table. In theory you'd have the best teams every time. But it, i I definitely agree with Erfan. It's nice to see those stories of the Iceland from, from the Euros last time out. Yeah. Um but at the same time, like yeah, miss, missing Italy and Holland is uh, I don't think anyone has like a right to go to the tournament because they don't. But it is kind of a shame when those teams aren't there.
0: Yeah, it, it kind of hurts just because you're just so used to seeing those two. Like especially like Italy with them being there for so long and the whole story with Buffon passing on the torch. Like it would have been nice for them yeah. to still make it, but okay, sure. what are you gonna do? Sweden knocked them out. So, mm-hmm. um, what about players? Because there's been there were some questionable uh, choices for squads as well for players who aren't going. Were there any ones that really really surprised you? I know Kieran, you were very vocal about a couple, but on Twitter and stuff. But I know there's a couple players that you just look at and you're like, how are they not going? They're playing well. They should be there.
1: Yeah, I think the the biggest ones that I was really drawn to were. Uh I mean, Mauro Cardi not going for Argentina is, like, somewhat insane to me. Obviously, there seems to be, like, some off-the-pitch stuff with um, his history with Maxi Lopez's wife, yeah. or, or whatever the story is there. Yeah. Um, right. But he, the Serie A top scorer last year, he has been the last two, I believe, it's a big loss. Yeah. Um, and then the other one that kind of draws attention to me is is Maratha from the Spain squad. Um, yeah, I was gonna say that I'm, I'm 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 a big analytics guy and uh, I mean you look at Morata's season and you say okay he didn't score that many goals and he quote unquote blocked. But from like an expected goals standpoint, he was like the third best mm-hmm. X G plus X A player or fourth best X G plus xA. XA player per 90 in the entire Premier League
3: last
1: year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are my
2: two.
0: How about you, Irfan?
2: Um, Completely agree with the two that we mentioned, but uh, Mario Götze the for for Germany, I'm kind of shocked about that. Um, like, he had the winner four years ago, so I thought, you know, he'd get a shot. I know he was injured, he's had a rough year, but, I mean, experience is the most important part of this tournament for sure.
0: Yeah, that, that was a big one. Um, yeah. You also look at some of the, like the French guys who didn't make it. Uh, I mean, Benzema, yeah. there's been talks since the Euros that there was issues with the coach and everything, and that's why he's never going to play in the French team again. Yeah. That's that's an issue. Um, what about Kingsley Coleman, the 21-year-old winger from uh, Bayern? He's yeah, not but going. if but if you
2: put him in, who do you take out, right? Yeah, so that's, that's the at other that thing. Team and, and, like, the French have so much depth so you're like well all right you're going to put him in who are you going to take out
0: yeah no i agree yeah it's yeah. just it's one of those ones where you look at it and you're like wow he's not going like really yeah Um. but
2: that's just hopefully in four years though like that french team just has a bright future
0: yeah what about uh emmerich laporte the defenseman from france too
1: Laporte's a weird one because he's he's a dual national between Spain and France. Yeah. And Deschamps has been like historically a very staunch I only want players who want to be here.
3: Yeah.
1: And the the rumor that was going around towards the end of qualifying is that he'd be in the Spain squad, not in the France squad. Um, obviously it looks like he's ended up with neither. Yeah. But Going forward, like it, it wouldn't stun me if you saw him take over the reins from PK
0: after this World Cup. That'd be an interesting move. I mean, yeah, that Spain squad is getting a little older, so it might actually make more sense for him to go to the Spanish or for the, to the Spanish squad instead of the French one. Okay, I got one more, and ironically, it's still another French guy. What about Martial? He
2: had a down year in United, so I think that's that's the reasoning. For him not being on the squad,
3: I wouldn't That's necessarily had a down year.
0: With. He just played half the year because Mourinho did that fifty-fifty split almost with him and uh, Rashford. Yeah, but Rashford yeah. made the English squad. Yeah, but you look at
2: yeah, it's also very true. But again, you put him like, a, what do they think? is the one that plays on the left side if Martial's not there. So yeah. Those are your two boys there. So, yeah, it was it was a huge surprise. But, again, it's
1: because he didn't play enough, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's... I, I mean, it, like Irfan said it before, you're you're looking at the attacking depth in this French squad yeah. in terms of wide players. Like, you have Mbappe, you have Dembele, you have Talvez, who's just come off of, like, a stupidly good uh, uh, Liga season. You've got Lamar, who is outrageous for Monaco. You've got... yeah. I, I've, I think I said Dembélé's name already, but Dembélé is still—he's good enough to say his name twice.
3: <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, Martial didn't play enough, and when he played, he produced at an okay rate. But he's again—he's one of those wide players who he's really a wide forward, not a winger. Yeah, yeah. And with with France, it's very often the four four two with Griezmann and Giroud together, or it's a four three three with Mbappe and Dembélé real wide Yes. Yeah. so you you he doesn't really fit either one and it's he's not good enough that you're going to change your plans to bring him in
0: i guess that's fair i mean if you really look at it they are kind of a gluttony of offensive talent on that french squad so yeah they're loaded absolutely loaded here's one that i was wondering i, I know you mentioned it on twitter kieran i remember reading it from you um what about Marcus Alonso? I thought he had a great year at Chelsea.
1: Yeah, he, he, I mean, he scores lots. Marcus Alonso, so Luke, it unfortunately, can be here. Luke and I have a similar opinion of Alonso in that uh, he's, he's not particularly special at anything, but somehow his presence makes things better. Yeah. Um, and at least for Chelsea, it seems to be that way. He provides a lot of balance. With Spain playing four at the back, I understand. Um, I understand a little bit more the choice to not bring him, but at the same time, he's pretty comfortably your second best left back. And if you did want to switch to a three, because look what happened at the last World Cup, things blew up for Spain and they had no idea what's changed. Yeah, like I think it's valuable to bring those more versatile players that can play a couple different spots if you do need to change something. So it was. I
0: thought it was pretty surprising. Yeah, I I was kind of thrown off by that one. I figured he would have a a very good chance of making that Spain squad because he did have such a good year at Chelsea. Yeah,
1: I'd agree.
0: Hey, we're not the coaches for a reason. Obviously, we don't get paid the big bucks, so we're just here doing a podcast. (laughs) All right, let's move on. I think we've talked about the people who aren't going to the World Cup for long enough. Why don't we talk about the teams that are going and the players who are going, and let's let's go group by group, all right? Make our predictions, and then we'll make our predictions for the final. How's that sound, boys?
1: Sounds very okay, good to me.
0: Perfect, all right. Well, let's start where you're supposed to start, Group A. Very interesting group, in my opinion. I think it's pretty obvious who the top two teams are going to be, but hey, anything can happen. We got Russia, we got Saudi Arabia, we got Egypt, and we got Uruguay. I mean, as much as you want Mo Salah to keep his unbelievable year going, or maybe you don't, depending on who you are. I, I think this is Russia and Uruguay's group to lose, isn't it right? Isn't it, boys?
3: No,
2: I think I think Egypt has a has a great shot.
0: Really? I, yeah, yeah, I
2: do. I do. I think it's Egypt and Uruguay going through.
1: I, I would probably agree. I think this this Egyptian team have come quite a long way, Salah or not, um, with the the obvious shoulder injury. I mean, I look at the Russian squad and they're real old. They have one real attacking threat and the rest of their team are, are players who are trading on their Euro 2008 performance. Like that's, that's that's how far I guess it would have been. Yeah. Euro 2008. Like it's, they have Smallov is going to score probably a fair number of goals. And they have Golovin and Zagov in midfield. And Mario Fernandez is a pretty good right back. And I, I imagine Brazil kind of wish he would be coming to play for them. Yeah, But the rest of their team is, like, really, really poor. And, I mean, Saudi Arabia, like, I honestly have never seen a single one of their players play. Uh, so I'm going to say they're probably not going to be great. Uh, but, like, Uruguay, I think we'll win those group comfortably, and then it's, yeah. if Salah turns it on, like, Egypt could finish with seven points. They could finish with five, but I think they'll be comfortably second.
2: Yeah, for sure. The the coach's philosophy is, you know, play on the counter, and Egypt's built for that, for sure.
0: That's fair, yeah. yeah. I, guess, I guess I really didn't look that far into the Egypt team, but I always thought Russia was... Gonna play well in front of their own home fans, cause that's how Russia always does in every sport. Well, not to,
1: yeah, well, not to be not to be the the, the World Cup 2002 conspiracy theorist, but oh, no, South Co- South Korea did pretty well for a, a not very good South Korean team. So I'm not gonna throw anything out there, but like Putin will be at a few matches. <laughs> but, well, I don't know, man.
3: <laughs> oh
0: boy. Yeah. Hey, just j- just make sure you don't get hurt. That's all I care about, dude. We need you back in one piece. Yes. We got to have you come back yeah. and do more sports. Okay, so
2: I come <laughs> back safe, <Yeah>. man. <laughs> Thanks, man.
0: <laughs> no, but hey, every team likes to play in front of their home crowd, regardless of what sport it is. Like, it just makes it a little easier to play because you know you have the entire stadium behind you. So of they could, I think they'll play well. So I think I guess that second spot is really Egypt or Russia. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. It'll be interesting to see how they play against each other. Moving on, Group B. We got Portugal, Spain, Morocco, and Iran. Somehow Portugal and Spain always end up playing each other in every tournament. Is that just me? No,
2: it's every tournament, yeah. Every
1: tournament. But, so
3: yeah, it no. seems
0: like it's always the, the round of
1: 16, and then Spain shut Portugal down, and then everybody on James Street is is crying about the draw every year. Yeah.
0: Well, now they get to deal with them in the group stage. We'll see how they do with that. But Morocco, Iran are kind of just lumped in there. I don't see either of those teams beating Portugal and Spain for that second spot.
2: No, it's a battle for first. Yeah.
0: It's a battle for first uh, yeah. and third.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree. Um, I will say, uh, like, I mean, we all love an underdog story. Both Morocco and Iran are like ridiculously good defensively.
0: Yeah, i all agree um, to
1: that. E- Iran conceded like maybe one goal during all of qualifying. Um, I think they no are, they conceded two in Syria the last game. Oh, that, I guess that Wait. was in the playoffs though. Oh, oh, in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, they right, Yeah. Yeah, and 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 Morocco were were similarly. Uh, defensively staunch, and they've got Hakeem Ziyech in midfield. He's quite talented. I mean, it's one of those things where there is a world where Portugal loses to Spain and then draws both Morocco and Iran. I don't think yeah. it's particularly likely, but I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count them out. I think Spain wins there pretty comfortably um, with everything going on with a lot of the Portuguese squad right now with all the business I sporting. Yeah. Uh, it, who knows They They could self-destruct
0: It's totally possible I mean it is There's, there's a lot yeah. going on There's a lot to figure out So They could easily self-destruct
1: It's not likely But it would be very entertaining
0: <laughs> As an outsider right?
1: Yes Oh yes absolutely. Not as a
0: fan of that team
1: <laughs> Oh as a fan of that team It would be France 2010 Oh yeah, which, which was, for those not well-versed, was not a fun time to be a French supporter.
0: <laughs> not at all. Yeah, no, but I think we both, we all agree that the Portugal and Spain are the two best teams in this group, and we're assuming yes. that they make it out of this group, right? Uh, you ex- you expect that to win. Yeah. 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 All right, let's move on then. Group C. we got France, Australia, Peru, and Denmark. France is obviously the best team in this group. The other three, I think, are going to be very, very competitive down to the last game. I like Australia because they just never give up on any game. Even if they might not have the best talent, they just never give up.
2: No, soccer is looking for that.
0: All right, And even Peru and Denmark are the same way. Denmark is not going to be flashy or anything. They showed that in the uh, group stage, but they and they're not going to give up so all three of these teams could easily push each other yeah. it'll be interesting to see who comes out as the second team in my opinion
3: yeah
1: I, I, sorry go ahead oh uh thank you uh yeah i'd, I'd agree the France team is probably the most talented team at the tournament um whether talent and performance line up we'll see but in terms of talent, I'd, I would say they're the best team, maybe Germany or maybe Brazil. Um, between the other three, I don't rate Peru very highly. I think they were lucky to play New Zealand in the knockout. Um, and New Zealand did not look good. Uh, I mean, their manager has taken over the Colorado Rapids, who are the worst team in MLS right now.
3: Um
1: Denmark, to me, like, I'm a little bit high on Denmark because they smashed my Ireland in qualifying.
3: Uh,
1: And Christian Eriksen is good enough that he could single-handedly win any of these games.
0: That's fair.
2: Yeah, no, I agree there as well. I think if you look at the players on, you know, every other team but France's group, it comes down to who's a better goalkeeper and who's going to get you the ball and, you know, distribute out. And it's Chris uh Eric Christensen and Kasper Schmeichler are going to push Denmark through.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. That,
2: that's
0: yeah. a very fair assessment, too. So. And, yeah, yeah like, like, Denmark I mean, went to yeah, Ireland, eh? I, I didn't realize that the, they won in Ireland. I thought it was at home.
1: Well, so, so it was a good qualifying tie. Ireland did well to get a draw in Denmark. Yeah. And it was it was 1-1... It was one-one pretty early. Ireland were up, and then Erickson just lit the game on fire. Yeah, he scored. I think he scored three, assisted the other two, and they went up two-one. And, and I mean, there's a reason Ireland aren't at the World Cup. And they just ripped them apart on the counter.
0: Yeah. No, I just I didn't realize that that game that they won five-one was in Ireland. I thought it was in Denmark for some reason. So mm-hmm. they're gonna be a tough team to push out of this World Cup. I bet. For sure. So. Again, I don't know who's going to finish second in that group. Again, we think France is the most talented team in that group by far. As you said, Kieran, though, talent and actually playing the game are two very different things. So it'll be interesting to see how this group plays out as well. Group D, the quote-unquote group of death I've heard. I don't know if I really agree with that, but whatever. Um, Argentina, Iceland, Croatia, and Nigeria. Nigeria. This is going to be interesting. I'm an Argentina fan. I think they're the most talented team in this group as well. But for some reason, they always struggle against those African nations. Every World Cup they play in, they always struggle against an African nation. So, Nigeria sitting right there. I hope they beat them, but who's to say at this point? Thoughts?
2: I think Nigeria might be the best African team, collectively with experience and talent-wise, I think they might be the best African team to maybe push Argentina to the brink, but it really comes down to the talent of Messi, if you can pull through. So Argentina, for me, is going through, uh, and if Luka Modric does what Luka Modric does, does then um,
1: Croatia is going through, but Nigeria and Croatia will battle for second, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd I'd probably agree. Um, Argentina are are really weird because they have like such a stupid amount of talent in their roster, um, but tactically they're really strange. their Their manager is Jorge Sampaoli, the ex manager, the Sevilla manager, who is just like a maniac in terms of pressing play. He wants to press out the field, but their center backs are Otamendi and Fazio, yeah, which is. Certainly not the most rapid pairing at the World Cup. Um, I was reading today. Thing, I yeah, I was, I was reading today that he's he's been sat in his study for the past two months about how to play the Argentina team. And the uh, the rumor is they're gonna play a two three three two. Bring back the old WN from wow. like the fifties. Yeah. So he wants to play two deep deep center backs. Play a six in front of them. Wing backs three attacking midfielders and then two strikers and and just bomb up the field. So that'll be interesting. Uh, I, I definitely agree with Irfan. Nigeria, are, in my opinion, have, have the potential to be the best African nation we've ever seen in the World Cup. Um, and that's including Cameroon at the '90. That's including Ghana and South Africa. Uh, I mean, this Nigeria team, like you said, in terms of experience and talent, is better than anything we've seen from the Super
0: Eagles in a long time. Oh yeah, no, I uh, agree. They're they're going to be a very dangerous squad in this uh, in this World Cup, just because they have that experience, they have the talent, and a lot of people are yeah. kind of not everyone is as high as they probably should be on this team.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting, and especially I think. I think the fairytale story of Iceland is, is kind of over. I mean, there's a bit of a history of small countries making a second big tournament, and it's less new, it's less exciting, and then they kind of bomb out early. Yeah. Um, and Croatia have so much going on with their FA, with their manager, um, with the national sentiment towards the national team. Like, I don't expect their talent to overcome the issues they have. So to me, it's Argentina-Nigeria. Um, but Croatia have, have, are definitely in the discussion, but I just see them bombing out. And but like like I said, if Modric goes off, then Modric goes off.
0: Could be dangerous. No, I agree, and I think like as much as you, a lot of people want the Iceland story to continue past that Euro Cup. They're still a decent team. Like tactically, they're pretty sound. They know what they know their limitations on their skill level. So when they play, they play, hey, you can attack us all you want, but if we get a counterattack, we're going to counterattack. And they're pretty good yeah. at it now.
2: Yeah, ask every England fan from a couple years ago. Hmm.
0: Thank God Luke's it, not
1: here. The, <laughs> yeah, the the big difference for Iceland this time round is Sigurdsson hasn't played since March. Yeah. So it was crucial to the way they played. Sig the the massive striker, hasn't played all season because he's been in and out of injury. Um, and I believe one of their center backs had a knee surgery at the end of the season. I can't remember which one. And all of a sudden, you're talking about a seriously talent-depleted team where, like, if you are an adult male between the age of 18 and 35, there's, like, a 2% chance you're on the national team or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. It's like you're severely depleting the talent even further.
0: Yeah, and it, it becomes hard when you have to deal with all those injuries. And They, they have dealt with a lot this year, this squad. Um, I still like the story. I just hope they don't beat Argentina because I'd like Argentina you know, get out of a group without an issue for once. Not have to sneak in on the last match. But, for sure. All right. Keep moving on. We're doing good. Halfway through, Du boys. Anyone need a break or we can, can we keep going?
1: No, we're good. Let's power through.
0: Group E, good. Brazil, Switzerland, Costa Rica, Serbia. In my opinion, this is another one of those group of deaths. Yeah. Brazil is obviously the most talented again, just like Argentina was in that other group. But Switzerland, notorious for playing staunch defense. Serbia, you never really know what you're, you you're going to get from them on any given match. Sometimes they come out and absolute guns a and will beat any team. Then there's a lot of times where they're kind of just there. On the pitch, watching the game happen. And then Costa Rica is another one of those South American teams that you just kind of like, well, they play against some good teams in qualifying. Who knows what's going to happen?
2: Well, Brazil goes through. Like, that's, I think, based on qualifying, based on the talent that they have. And I don't know if you've got a chance to catch the, the Croatia game, um, the way they broke down. The entire midfield is, they're, they're too talented to not come out of this group. That's fair. Um, and I think the Swiss' defense, the way that they play, the way that they counter, I think, might be the, the little small edge that kind of passes them through Costa Rica and Serbia. Because again, I don't know, with Serbia, you're right. Like, you'll get a game where they'll play the best football you've ever seen, and then you'll get two or three games in a row where it's like, should they even be on the pitch? Yeah. So my two picks are for sure Brazil. And so
1: it's coming out of this. Kieran, yeah, I, I would agree with like Brazil will steamroll this group. Like, there, there's a real chance that Neymar wins at the golden boot after the group stage. <laughs> uh,
3: it's, it's very real possibility.
1: But what I would say is it, this group is a lot like many of the other groups, and that it's. The top-place team is very much assured in winning the group, and then it's a battle for second. Yeah. To me, Serbia are the favorites for a second. Just I, I saw a lot of them through qualifying, following the Irish team. Um, and I think they're, in terms of talent, I think they're pretty close to Croatia. Um, they've got the same kind of uh, potential to explode the way Croatia does, but I think I'm a little bit more positive on them pushing forward the Swiss are, are traditionally so organized and so compact I would favor them but I, I just look and I say they're not going to give any of the ball against Brazil that's probably zero points Costa Rica play a 5-4-1 and won't come out of their shell and I can't unless Shaqiri pulls some nonsense out of nowhere I can't really see them picking points up against Costa Rica And then Serbia again are are pretty staunch defensively. So it's to me like if any of those three, I definitely favor Serbia. I think Costa Rica are probably the worst team in the group this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, Joel Campbell is twenty five. Still, who knows? Uh, It's just it's it's a really awkward group where none of these teams are as good as they could be, barring Brazil. Um, But depending what version of them turns up. You could have the order of those three be whatever way you
3: want
0: it to be. Yeah, and that's, that's why I'm saying this could also be like a group of death just for the second place finish. You got for sure. all three of them realistically could make it out. Like, you can make an argument for all three. I mean, Costa Rica's argument would be a little bit harder to make, but I think you could make right. an argument for all three of these teams being second. So, yeah. I hate that group of death moniker that they always have to give to one group. This this is one we, of the most. Can we talk about this for Pardon? Can we
1: can we talk about group of deaths for a second? What what do you look for to get to name a group of death?
0: I usually look for the teams that the four best teams that are going to compete against each other all through every four games.
1: So is it is it the best four teams on average? Is it the most even group? Like because I feel like we have a lot of groups this year that are really even. Yeah. Like where there's one really good team and then there's three like math teams that who knows what could happen. Yeah. Whereas in the past because I guess with the whole pot system now, like it's kind of impossible to have like you're never gonna end up with three really good teams in the same group. Yeah. You might have two like Portugal
0: Spain. Like,
1: I don't know. I, I feel like it's really I feel like the whole group of death thing is very like media focused and
0: Oh, it one hundred percent is. I just oh it's just an easy way for the media to say, look at watch this group all yes. these groups are pretty even this year, which is nice. Yes. As opposed to, like, there was some uh, World Cups, I think. It might have been the uh, South Korea one, where I just remember there was one group, it was like, there were three amazing teams, and you're just like, how is this possible? Like, these teams need to be spread out.
1: I think uh, the worst the worst one I remember was, like, the Spain, Holland, Italy, Russia, or something like that.
0: Yeah. Um, and you look at it and you're I'm like how remember. is this possible these teams are all top like they shouldn't be in the two, same division
1: yeah two, I mean 2014 had England Italy Uruguay Costa Rica
0: yeah so you just look at it and you're like how is this no like, that's wrong but this year I think you're right like I don't know if there really is a true group of death I know mm-hmm. group D was looked at as a group of death by the media but think it's a true group of death as, as it has been in the past
1: yeah well we'll talk about it a little bit later but to me like group h is my group of death because it's the most balanced yeah like you could you can you could tell me anyone will win that group and anyone will come second and i'd say yeah okay
0: yeah that's fair well we could go we could go to group h now if you want i don't mind we no three let's, more let's stay in order let's stay in order okay well let's let's keep moving then now we, we get to the group h uh, group f We got Germany, we got Mexico, we got Sweden, and we got the Korea Republic. Again, I think the Germans are probably the most talented team in this division. And in my opinion, I think Mexico actually comes out as second. They've been building for this World Cup, and I think they're on the right path. Now, Sweden is obviously a very talented squad. They snuck in, they beat Italy in the playoff, but they're a talented squad korea republic is probably fourth in this division but they're not a terrible team either
1: yeah i mean like germany will steam all the group uh, i think they're i think they're less talented than they were in 2014 but they're more efficient yeah. which is a great word to use when describing the germans um and then i mean we look at the other three teams and it's like okay it's sweden 98% likely without Ibra. Like, he said he's not going, but if he gets that itch, you know he'll buy his own flight there.
0: Say, it's Ibra. Um, you, you never know with Ibra.
1: Exactly. Um, and then you have Mexico, who are, I don't think this is a particularly good Mexico squad. I think there's a couple players who are pretty great. Um, like, I think Herving Lozano is ridiculously talented. And if he has a good World Cup, just wait till you see whoever spent stupid money to buy him from PSV. Um, but like Chicharito had a down year, Hector Herrera had a down year, Miguel Layún had a down year, um, Reyes had a down year. Ochoa is in Belgium now. They're a lot older. They're not. They didn't play very well during qualifying at all. But still, kind of walked to first in the confederation. It just, I'm not very convinced. Sweden, Eberless, but extremely organized. Emil Forsberg is excellent, and it wouldn't sound me if he was on the move this summer. And then Korea is the young Sun son show. Yeah. Son sun scores goals, and if he shows up and scores goals, then who knows?
0: That's fair. you your thoughts? Completely
2: agree there. Um, I don't know. I haven't really been. Like, I don't believe in the way the Mexican team kind of went through qualifying this year. And it's sad to say, but that whole Confederation, Colombo, like our whole, like USA, Canada, et cetera, et cetera, there's still, still, in terms of the level of soccer that you see, is a little bit lower than Europe or South America. And to see how poorly Mexico played but still went through um, says that. They need a lot more work in that region of the world for soccer. Um,
0: that's not news. In terms of – pardon? That's not new news. We knew that a long no, time ago. No, I know,
2: I know. But it's, it's just, you know, like they're going to – they're feisty, and they'll fight for a second. But I don't know. If if they continue on the trend that they've been in over the last year, two years, I don't think they're going through. But I do agree with Sweden going through just because of how organized they are and they'll squeak a goal here and there from the state cause that's what they did. If you saw them in qualify, and they waited for little breaks, little mistakes, and that's kind of how they got through to where they are. So Sweden and
1: Germany for sure for me. That's fair. Yeah, that's those. Those are my two. I think Sweden are just ruthless. My yeah. my one comment I will make about on cap as a whole is I think this whole the new Nations League that's coming out with a with the tiers is going to be massive. Right? It's going to be so helpful in terms of developing because you end up with in the current structure you end up with canada who don't make the hex and then don't play a competitive match for three years
3: yeah which is and a joke
1: like this this has been going on for 15 years where like we have our, our best player like canada's leading caps caps holder is like honestly i bet you it's under 100 caps because we just don't play enough we don't play enough matches like, our most tabs ever is Julian DeGuzman, like 90 with 89. And yeah. that's, that's just, like, we just don't play enough matches. So I think that'll be
0: good. It's, it's a bit of a joke. and I mean, Kieran, you and me both went through the high levels in Ontario playing. It's a joke right now, and they, they need to get that fixed, or else they're never going to mm-hmm. compete on the right level
1: yeah it is it is night and day different to when we played like it is oh
0: I agree like being
1: being around being around TFC all the time with some of my friends who are involved with the club and being involved with like the OPDl programs and stuff it is night and day an improvement to where it was and in terms of young Canadians that were like when we were 15 16 the best players were getting d1 scholarships. Yeah. Now, if you're 15, 16, the best players are joining Manchester United, are joining Liverpool, are joining Chelsea.
0: Um, or playing for the Vancouver it, Whitecaps.
1: Yeah, or, or getting minutes for Vancouver, or getting minutes for TFC, like, yeah. or getting minutes for Montreal. Yeah, It's it's a night and day difference, but it's... still not there. Mexico Mexico will get better because everyone else is getting better, but everyone else is going to get better a lot faster than Mexico.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that... Kind of plays out in the next couple years. For sure. Um, well, let's keep, let's keep this train moving. Uh, group G now. Two more left. We got Belgium, Panama, Tunisia, and England. This is where Luke would have just had a field day. We have to, to assume that comparison? Belgium and Belgium and England are making out of this division, right? Yeah.
1: You would hope England doesn't collapse or do something crazy. This this is the most in, unbalanced group, okay. in my opinion. Pan, Panama are, like, I, I'm Panama are probably the worst team in the tournament. There, in in my like, yeah, yeah Of of their twenty three, their two best players are like slightly below average MLS players.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, Tunisia has like Wabi Casari is pretty good. Uh, and they're like they'll defend they defend pretty well but that's that's it England Belgium will steamroll the group I think they're they'll score lots of goals and I think there'll be lots of fun until they play anyone really good and then we'll see what they're actually made of Uh, but England are to me like I I am fully on the the bring bring the cup home train right now I think There's a lot of skepticism about the squad that Southgate has picked, that there's not enough creativity in the field with them leaving Jack Wilshire and there's Cook at home. Um, To me, this is the first time that I remember in the entirety of my supporting England that they've actually gone to a tournament with a plan, with a clear identity that this is how we're going to play. No matter who we're playing, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's exciting. Kinda correct. reminds
2: me of the, the skulls back on Mickey Butt years of England where they had that identity and you're you're completely correct with it and a little bit of optimism for England as long as, you know, they get the bounce their way and it doesn't happen. Another Robert Green moment for anybody.
1: Oh, please don't please don't bring
0: that up. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Kieran was gonna say that. that as soon as you said that.
2: Oh. It's a sore spot, <laughs> but I will say though I think Tunisia. I, I got a chance to watch uh, their qualifying and a lot of their other friendly games. Um, they're gonna they're gonna push Belgium. They're gonna push England, but I think the Three lines and the Red Devils have what it takes to actually get through, and I hope make it past the first round.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right, I, I got a real question for you about the England squad there, Kieran? Who's the starting mm-hmm.
1: keeper? Uh, Jordan Pickford, and it's not particularly close.
0: Okay, because they've been arguing yeah, it, about it, it for a while, but...
1: It's, it's no, not Pickford. So it should be, I agree. Me, doing keepery things, Pickford and Butland are pretty close. Like They're pretty similar shot-stoppers. Maybe Butland's a little bit better. I'd say Pickford's probably a little bit better on crosses. But the big thing to me is Pickford's distribution. Like His feet are... Like we give English keepers a lot of stick for their feet. He's very good. Yeah. Um and and the one thing I will say, and I mean, like we've dealt with this before, he's young and there's a very reasonable chance he makes a big mistake. But I can see him being like big and brash and confident and and like in all the friendlies England athletes, he's been stellar
0: oh no I agree I think he should be the starter I was just wondering who you thought as a I, th- I think it's locked down I, th- I think he will I think he will
1: start for sure
0: fair enough all right then we'll move on to Kieran's quote unquote group of death
1: oh I'm so pumped for this
0: group <laughs> and you're right like I could realistically make an argument for any single one of these teams winning the group yeah it's unbelievable and it's going to be fun to watch because there's not one team that is seriously better than all the other ones. There are four teams that l- realistically could go through. Who wants to take the first crack? Go ahead, there, Oh, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I
2: know. I think this is the perfect definition of the definition. Like, this is that sorry, Just because you're right, like, anyone can squeak through. You can get a big Lewandowski goal to seal the deal, or you can get, you know, the pace of the Senegal, Senegal squad to do something big, and then creativity of Falcao and, you know, Jaime Rodriguez, and then the Japanese team who, you know, you don't expect much from them, but they always find a way to show up and play. Um, I think the two that I did say would go through is the Polish squad or the Colombians for sure, and I have a big asterisk besides Senegal. If they can find a way to get past the, the African curse as you can call it, I think they can they can be they can, you know, go ahead of Poland or they could win the group for all we know.
3: Very true. Yeah.
1: Yeah, i I think like Japan like they could, but I don't think this is a particularly strong Japan squad. Um I mean like Kagawa could do well but he had a really poor season at Dortmund this year. Yes he did. Um and then you and then you look at the other three and you're like, Okay, draw draw straws. Poland again, like Lewandowski's great, but he didn't have a great second half of the season. Um their manager has been playing around with formations like even now, which is a little bit alarming. Um, and you look at their team; like they're a pretty old team, and they've got a lot of players who are coming off of so-so domestic seasons. Yeah. Um, so, like in theory, in theory, like I'm seeing a lot of people pick Poland as a dark horse for the tournament. And like, yeah, if Lua had had just banged in like 45, I'd probably say yeah. <laughs> but um it's I'm not so sold on them. Colombia to me are probably the strongest team in the in the group. But again, like the way they play, there's a lot of creative emphasis on Hamez and Sacao, and they've just played a nil nil in a friendly against Egypt without Salah and they didn't really look like scoring. Yeah. So I mean I don't wanna to put too much stock in friendlies but like, this is where coaches are figuring out what's going on. And, okay, they probably won't play anyone who's going to defend as deeply as Egypt do. But if a team goes up 1-0 against your not stellar defense and goalkeeper, like, are you going to be able to break them down? Or are they just going to man Mark Hamas and that's it?
0: Are, is that team going to be able um, to park and, the bus and not let you through? Like
1: Exactly. And then I, I'd agree with their friends Senegal are like, Super exciting. They're, they play with so much flair and verve. And, um is terrific. And, and Mane is terrific. Like, Mane could just, like, rip it up.
3: Oh,
1: yeah. Um, like, I, I can see. If you remember those Liverpool games where, where Mane just shredded Arsenal, yeah. like, I can see him doing that to Colombia, like, for real. Sada, I'm excited. I think this group's going to be a blast. I think every single game will be fun to watch.
3: I but if I had to
1: pick, if I had to pick, I'll say Colombia, Senegal, in one-two. All
0: right, Erfon who do you have?
2: I had the, I had Poland and Colombia, but again, I had that big asterisk right. beside Senegal. If They can find a way to, you know, like you said, have Money shred a team apart because we've seen him do it all year. We saw him, you know, in the final, in the Champions League final, as being the only Liverpool player attacking, even without Salah there.
1: This he was had a track. terrific game in the oh, yeah. Champions League final.
2: Oh, he was the only one attacking and putting pressure. And if he can continue that, and also have you know the guys who's had him do it, like, you know, Senegal, yeah, they can go in and they can cause a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah, no, this group is yeah. definitely going to be interesting. I agree. I think I'm leaning more towards uh, Kieran's two going through, but like realistically, I could see. I can see all of them going through if Japan decides to play well. It's probably going to be two of either Poland, Senegal, or Colombia, though.
3: Yeah, for
0: sure. The real group of death, right? Yeah. The non-media group of death. Yes. Um, All right, so that's all eight groups, guys. We made it through. But now i got the real question to wrap it up. Who do you guys have winning the whole thing?
1: Urfa, go for it!
0: I <laughs> knew that was coming.
1: <laughs> oh dear! Oh,
2: this was the hardest, um, hardest choice to make. I know we've been talking about doing this segment for months, and I still can't, can't pick a team. Um, I'm looking at the odds right now: and uh, Germany's at seven to two, Purple's at four to one, France six to one, uh, Argentina Spain six to one, I believe. And I'm going to have a hard time, but until I see in my opinion, until I see somebody actually be thrown Germany, I think, I think the Germans are the heavy favorite, and I'm going to choose Germany.
0: That's fair. Kieran?
1: Uh, I'm, oh man,
2: this
3: is <laughs>
1: awful. It's awful, because there's, like, there is a reason, there is a reason that there have only been four teams who have won the World Cup without housing. like, there's a very small group of very elite teams, and it's just drawing one out of the hat to to pick those teams. Yeah, and I mean, like, part of me is like, oh, England's taken it home. Like yeah. that—that's—that's that's the the optimist in me, if you will.
0: That's the Luke Sewell okay. but, decision.
1: Yeah, but okay. To to me, I'm going I'm going France in the final for sure. Okay. Um, and then the rest is, is how the bracket works out. So I'm I'm going to ignore however it actually works out and say it's going to be a France-Brazil final. Brazil are going to take it 3-1 in regular time, and Neymar is going to cement himself as the best Brazilian player of all time. I wouldn't mind seeing that either.
0: That is a very bold prediction. Yeah, I haven't seen that at
1: all. I would, I would love to see, I would love to see, um, I would love to see Neymar win it. Like oh, he, I have seen too. a hand, I have seen a handful of players like in person, live, which is difficult for us to do in Canada, uh, and he has been far and away the most exciting. Uh, I will be adding Messi to the list. I yes. have Argentina, I have Argentina, Nigeria, which is the one I'm pumped for. Um, and who knows, man, maybe, maybe Messi pulls it out, but I've just made my bracket and France played Brazil in the semi, which is really unfortunate.
3: <laughs> so I'm going
1: to go, I'm going to change my mind, say France, Germany, and France beat Germany in the final.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you have I, Brazil I, winning it, if they me, meet in me, the final, but France winning if they meet in the semi. To,
1: to me, it's France and Brazil. Like I, it's, I don't see it going any other way.
0: Fair enough. All right. I guess it's my turn. I'm going for it. Damn. Okay. Um, See, as as I said, I'm an Argentina fan. I actually got to watch Aguero play when the uh, Under Twenty World Cup was here in Canada. Unbelievable player, Mm -hmm. by the way. If watching him live is just ridiculous, Um, I don't think they're gonna win. Don't worry, I'm not. I'm not gonna pick Argentina. I think Kieran's right with France. And I understand your point, Erfan, that until someone unseeds Germany. They're still there, but France just looks so dangerous attacking that I think yeah. it's going to be very hard for a team to actually shut them down for ninety minutes. Now, for sure, it's possible. It's very, it's very possible. And Kieran going with Brazil or France is a very smart option. But I just see France being too dangerous, and it's going to come down to who can stop them for ninety minutes. Hmm.
3: Yeah
1: it's going to be interesting like it's this is the first one in a while where it feels like there's six teams who can win it yeah like I I wouldn't I wouldn't be stunned
0: I could almost name eight realistically
1: let me let me let me put a question out there since we predicted winners who wins player of the tournament who wins golden ball Golden Ball is gold score, right? Golden Boot,
0: whatever. Golden Boot. Who wins yeah. Golden Boot? Who wins Golden Ball?
1: Um, golden Ball golden would ball be Neymar, MVP? I think. I
0: think. Did you both say Neymar? I do what did yeah. you say?
2: Golden Ball would be the most valuable player, correct? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Best player in the tournament.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's going to be Neymar. There yeah, you go. I, I think I agree. This is his tournament. This is his tournament, I think. We saw yeah. we saw a little bit of it in in 2014, and it was unfortunate how they got dismantled, but this is this is
0: his year. And it's been his year because he, he knew that, okay, I'm done at Barca, I need to take a step away, I need to become my own player and not hide in the shadow of Messi, even though he wasn't really yeah. hiding in the shadow of Messi. And he went to PSG and absolutely tore it up when he was healthy. Yeah.
1: that goal he scored that goal he scored against Croatia was outrageous
0: absolutely disgusting
1: yeah no I think
0: yeah I think the whole build up for that one is beautiful
1: yeah I'd agree Golden Boot who you got Sergio Aguero we okay Aguero
3: Okay,
2: he's lost and Like he's been a phenomenal player, and I know Nick, you said you saw him live,
1: but even with that, this guy's sounded. I think it's him. I think he scores the most. Even with even with his questionable national team record, I think he finds a way. Sir, please out I'll give it to you. He,
0: he, he's a good goal scorer. He's a smart goal scorer nowadays. He's he not trying to run around and do it all himself. He's become a half no. poacher, half finisher.
3: So.
2: He learned to he learned to control the ball, um, and I think playing with David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne has improved his game even more.
3: Yeah.
2: And he should take the pressure off Messi. And I think I think that's what Argentina needs is for him, you know, Messi to play his game, but have no pressure or have a little bit of pressure and have it, you know, on these other guys as well.
0: That's a fair. Yeah. That's a fair point.
2: Who wins the uh, Golden Gloves?
0: Ooh, that's a one. My mind.
1: No, I don't think it will be. I don't think it will be. Well Nick, who's your Golden Boot winner? Is whereas
0: I had Neymar. I think Neymar I'm with the
1: as as Golden Boot. I think Golden Boot to me okay, my, my outside pick is Timo Werner. Yeah. Because if he starts for Germany, which I'm not sure he will, like there there's a chance that Muller starts on top. But if he starts, he will score seven goals. Which, like, wouldn't stand me. Golden Gloves? Yeah. Man, I don't know. It could be De Gea. Yeah. It's not going to be... It could be Alisson from Brazil. Maybe, yeah. I, feel like, I, feel, like, I feel like Golden Glove is always the, the team that won the World Cup, though it's always the keeper of whoever won. Right? Hold on. Who won it? Do we know who won it in 2014? I think it was Neuer because they have the most uh, clean sheets as well. Is that how they do it? Do they do it by most clean sheets or do they do it
2: by... No, I
0: think it's it's a combination. I think it just happened to be... Um, I think it just happened to be uh, Neuer last time because he did have the best record as a goalie. Like, most clean yeah. sheets, most everything. So, um, But you're right... I, I, the last,
1: the last, okay, the last six have been Neuer with Germany who won, Casillas with Spain who won, Buffon with Italy who won, Kahn uh, yeah. with Germany in two thousand two who lost, yeah. Barthes with France who won, and Prudom with Belgium who finished like fourth, I think. Yeah.
0: yeah. So
1: okay, but, so like, there's a chance. Yeah
0: majority of the teams are who wins, but: Yeah, and your team would have to go pretty far to have a decent goalkeeping record like It's very hard for yeah, a guy that's to, for sure. It's very hard for a guy to not give up a goal in the group stage and not make it out of the group, like: It has happened. It has happened. I believe has, that, but I'm saying like it's with, going to be very hard for you to do it that way.
1: Was it was it Switzerland who, who didn't concede a goal and still didn't concede a goal, didn't lose a match and still got knocked out in their round of sixteen. They drew a nil nil with Ukraine or something and lost and panel. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's possible. I'm just saying, like it's very unlikely that yeah. you're gonna be able to win the golden glove if you're not if your team's not making it far in the tournament.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm going to say Ter on the off chance that Neuer doesn't play because apparently I like German substitutes.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. How about you, Irfan? Uh, David
2: De Gea. Good choice. He's a safe choice in my opinion.
0: Fair. I think they have some they have more awards that they give out. There's Golden Ball, uh, Golden Boot, Golden Glove. And then they got Best Young Player. Oh, that's a good one. Can you name the last three? Actually, can you name Uh, the last four? Because the fourth one is hilarious, in my opinion. Wasn't Um, it Pogba? Pogba Pogba, was last one. Yeah, very good.
1: 2010. So they'd have to be, like, 28, 29 now? Yeah. Um, I don't know, like... Thomas Muller, or you're right. Really,
0: Thomas Muller. Okay. Before 2010? that, 2006. Oh, I'll, I'll give you the hint. It's a German guy. So they're probably retired. Schweinsteiger. No.
2: Philipp Lahm. No Lahm. No, no, is
1: still playing. Podolski. Um, really. Podolski. Mm. To be fair, I guess like he is like not so old. He could be at this World Cup. In 2002 is time. You said it's someone weird.
0: Oh, I just laugh at it because it's funny. I, it.
1: I I know I know who it is because this was pub trivia a couple of weeks ago. So okay. I'll let Irfan guess. 2002.
0: And it's only it's only to yeah. me. It just is funny. Like,
1: they they Irfan, they've played for Everton and Bayern.
2: and Donovan.
3: Very yeah. Good. Was Very he?
2: Good.
1: Was it, it? Was an? It was. It was an American player, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I
2: remember. Yeah. It was like the biggest buzz in U.S. soccer. God knows how yeah. long.
0: Yeah. But there's there's been some uh, big winners of that one. Michael Owen, Mark Overmars. Uh, yeah. France, Beckett Bauer. Yeah. yeah. Pele even won What it. other?
1: The Fair Play Trophy. Who do we think is going to get the least amount of cards over the whole tournament?
0: Can I say Swiss? Is that a cop out answer? Uh, can it be a team that went out
1: in the group stage? Because <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna say I'm gonna say like Panama, someone who's gonna lose every game. Only team that like only fair. teams
0: that are qualified for the second round are considered, so they have to get out oh, of the yeah. group stage. Good try though. Uh,
1: I'll go with, like Belgium. They won't foul anyone. That's, that's fair. Oh, uh, Fellaini's there. Never mind. I don't
0: know. Okay, but he'd have to play. <laughs> that would require him oh, actually playing in that squad, and I don't think that's happening.
2: I don't know, man. Show so right. him come on for two see. minutes and two oh like, no. tackles. And the no, side.
0: unacceptable. Side. If he plays even a minute, I'm going to not watch that game. I'm turning it off. <laughs>
1: Hold on. There's, there's an award for – oh, they don't do it anymore. There used to be an award for the most entertaining team. Yeah. So oh, is that a thing? That's like the most lame award
0: I've ever The best heard. thing is if you actually read the uh, description of the award, it's a subjectively awarded prize for a team which had done the most to entertain the public. So it's subjective. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is doesn't mean anything.
1: <laughs> All right. What's your,
2: what's your
0: team the of the tournament track? then? Team of the tournament? Yeah. Pick a four three three. Four three three.
1: Team rights. of the tournament and manager of the tournament. And then, and then we'll be good. Okay.
0: Let's do this quickly, cause we're already over an hour. Um, keeper, De Gea. Yeah. I think that's fair. Defenders, jeez, that one's a little bit harder, if you ask me. I want to hear your guys' opinion on the defenders. I don't think I can pick four, especially because it's been one of those years where, like, all the defenders who are going in the big squads have just played well for mo- for the most part. So.
1: I'm gonna say Marcelo, Boateng, Kyle Walker, and uh, Ramos.
3: Yeah, I can see that. Ooh.
1: Um,
2: yeah, Marcelo for left back, right back. Pardon, well, disagree with you. I think it is Kyle Walker uh, and center. Mm-hmm.
0: I really dislike Ramos, so I hope he doesn't win. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um,
2: I'm trying to think. I only got the two. Come back to me, Nick. You're up.
0: (laughs) I agree with with the outside backs. Um, I think they're the best two right now. Um, Boateng definitely is on my list of defenders as well. The other one. Yeah. I don't
1: know. Rafael Varane.
0: Varane? Ooh, decent show. Yeah. Varane's a good one.
1: I'd yeah. go, go TT before I'd go Varane, but, like, either of those two, very decent show. That's a, that's yeah. a good one, yeah. And if, if uh, Spain plays with a back three at any point in time, that's the like Yeah,
3: my up.
1: boy, Azp, <laughs> Getting the yeah. recognition he deserves.
0: From a Manchester United fan of all people, too.
1: I'll take uh, well, him. he's been
2: he's been uh, he's been good. Like either
0: oh, Conte, yeah, yeah. I agree. All right, move to the midfield quickly. Um, it kind of also depends somewhere. In, in my opinion, it also kind of depends on where they pl- where they classify some of these players, some of the attacking players, because sometimes they classify them as midfielders, but they're not really midfielders. So like, Angel Di Maria won the dream team spot at the 2014 yeah. World Cup.
1: To be fair, for Argentina, he, like, plays pretty exclusively as a center midfielder.
0: No, I know, but I've always considered him more as, like, an attacking, like, wing player as opposed to... Yeah, he's, like, a winger because he
1: plays as a winger for everyone else,
0: yeah. Um, But Pogba, I think, is going to be there. Um, Yeah, I'd agree. I want to put a defensive midfielder in there as well. Like, I like Conte. Yeah. That's, That's two French guys, but I like those two a lot. Um, Hamish Rodriguez is technically considered a midfielder as well he could definitely put find a spot on that team and you gotta mm-hmm. uh, there's my three I guess I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna agree with Pogba and Conte
1: and then I'm gonna go like super out of left field and I'm gonna go Giovanni Lo
0: Oh, that's a good one
1: because okay. so, he's I think so he's if Argentina are breaking out this whack W M or M W, however they're gonna make it work, uh, I think he's gonna be one of the like number eights in midfield. And I think if Argentina have a deep run, like there's a very real chance that he both wins young player of the tournament and makes his way into the best eleven.
0: That's that's fair actually. That that's a good call.
1: It would be no fun if I said like Tony Cruz or something. <laughs> Well, that was mine. Uh, <laughs>
3: well, there you go. I, I,
2: I got to give him credit. I go, I go Pogba, so I go Truce, and you know what? I'm
1: going to also go off uh, in left field here, and I'm going to say Jesse Lingard. He, you know what? I was thinking about that. I, that's honestly very reasonable Show I rate that.
0: that that's yeah. a good one, yeah. Um, move up to the strikers or the attackers or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I
2: go uh, I go Harry Kane down the middle because the man can score. Um, and then on the wings, I give Sadia Mane a nod because I just love watching the play. And um, any of the... Like, you can put... Uh, uh, any French player, go uh, Antoine Griezmann.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah not bad
1: I'm, I'm gonna go Neymar Neymar Griezmann and Raheem the Dream Sterling
0: Raheem the Dream yeah who is being hated on by all the English people
1: it's so stupid can we talk, tell me your team so I can complain about the English media
0: okay uh <laughs> my my three <laughs> up my three up front are uh I can't see any reason not to put Messi up there. He's just going to be so good, right? Um,
1: Yeah.
0: As far as some of the other players, you know what amazes me is that no one said Ronaldo at any of these.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah.
0: But um, I I still can't go with Ronaldo. I, I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. I like uh, Harry Kane. He's played so well recently, and I think he's going to do well at this World Cup. I think the English squad is actually built to help him do something. Um, yeah. And I'm going with Neymar. So, I see Neymar-Kane up front.
3: Yeah.
0: That'd be okay. a scary trio on any team. Yeah. Uh yeah, you want to yeah. do manager too, Karen? I know you said that, so.
1: Uh, no. It's impossible
0: to say. Like, Here's what I will say. Anyone. Here's what I will say. Because Southgate's the manager of England, right? I believe. Yeah. Right? If yeah. England wins, he is the manager of the tournament. Bar none. Yep.
3: Yeah, pro- yep, yeah, probably. If, if only... That
0: he's the manager of the
1: tournament. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. it has to be. They've, to be fair, they've only done manager of the tournament like twice ever, and both times it's been the winner. So Yeah. I, I don't know how much that, that holds for. But, yes, yeah, so I would I would agree that if, if he turns this very lackluster England squad into whatever he turns it to, I would be impressed. I would give him my manager of the tournament.
0: Yeah. All right. Kier, do you want to go on a really, really quick rant about the English media? Yeah, give me –
1: Okay, you ready? Time me thirty seconds.
0: Thirty seconds. All right,
3: okay. go.
1: Any any team, like why why they brag on any of their players as hard as they do is so counterproductive. Like, in terms, of, I I understand that there's like, oh Raheem Sterling got a AK-47 tattooed on his leg. What a hoodlum, which is just a stupid thing to say, anyways. But. Like surely you'd kind of put the optimistic twist on every story until the World Cup is at least going on. Like no country sabotages their players as hard as England does, and it just—it's so strange to me to watch. Like England played okay against Nigeria, but I thought their front three like were pretty fluid and pretty exciting, and and they did some good things. And all I see on Twitter after the game is. Oh, Raheem really wants everybody to hate it, right? And I'm like, what? Like, just it's just such bad form.
0: Agree. That's that's
1: all. Yeah, it's just lame.
0: That was a minute. Good job. I'm very proud of you for keeping that short. Oh, that was way longer than I thought it'd be. (laughs) Hey, I'm okay. I thought it was (laughs) going to be three minutes, so I'll take the minute No, you're good. You're good. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. I really do appreciate you coming on. I get to talk soccer every once in a while when you guys come on, so it, it means a lot to me. Um. We'll reconvene near the end of the World Cup, maybe, and talk about the final, hopefully, if you guys are down for, for it. Sure. Get Luke to uh, actually join again. us. 100%. All Right? Get a good conversation sure. going. Um, but that'll pretty much do it. So for uh, Irfan Manji and Kieran Doyle, our nice guests here, uh, my name is Nick McVicker, and we will see you next time.